Blog Talk Radio. You're a mystical man. Lead us through sacred land. In the magic, the magic of life. You're a shaman that leads other people to Open to receive the magic of life. Well, welcome back, everyone, and thank you for allowing me to be part of your beautiful Sunday morning. I am happy to be back live. I've been gone the last three or four weeks traveling to my beloved country of Peru and enjoying the wonderful spiritual mystical land uh, in the Sacred Valley and uh, what Machu Picchu has to offer. And I'm just so excited to be back. So we have a wonderful, wonderful guest today talking about the powerful seven lessons from the Cherokee Nation. I got to tell you, this, this is probably one of the most accomplished women that I've had on the show. Uh, she is an author and inspirational speaker a leadership expert, receiving over 50 accolades and awards for her leadership and service to Los Angeles. Listen to this. She currently serves as an L.A. city commissioner, overseeing the multi-billion dollar pension portfolio for city employees. She has received <coughs> excuse me, the prestigious Hollywood Chamber Women of Distinction Award, the Hope, Ray of Hope Award, and the Weingart Women Building LA Award. Twice the California Pro News has listed her on their renowned list of influential people, and LA Weekly has showcased her in their People Edition. She has over 20 years of experience teaching and public speaking, and she's the author of two books Cherokee Wisdom, 12 Lessons for Becoming a Powerful Leader. And Finding Sane Relationships in a Crazy World, that's probably a book I need to read. Cynthia Reese, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Daniel, and thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. And I have to say, I'm so excited about your trip to Peru that I was watching you on social media and I was living <laughs> vicariously through you. It was so exciting. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to do a shameless plug for Skyroam. Uh, you know, one of the, the the things I was able to do was to, as you said, to stay connected via social media, and and I was able to do some Facebook Live in uh, Lake Titicaca, at uh, in Machu Picchu, and also in the different places where we were doing ceremonies because of a little product that I bought before I left called Skyroam, and Skyroam is this little orange thing that allows me to have Wi-Fi no matter where I go in the world, and it was just amazing. So if you haven't heard of the product, go look at it. Anyway. Cynthia, tell me about, yes. you, you come from a dual cultures, you, you, you're a Latina and a Native American, how has both those cultures influenced your life? Well, Daniel, I like to say I have the best of both worlds. I get my passion for life and my love for music from being Mexican, and my spirituality and love for Mother Nature from being Cherokee. And what mm. I've incorporated in my life is a lot of the teachings from my ancestors, and that really influenced me to write my next book. But being grounded, being spiritual comes from my Cherokee roots, and I'm actually a registered member of the Cherokee tribe of Oklahoma. Wow. 
You know what's interesting, and I, and I, I don't think this is by accident that this happened last night, but I just out of the blue, without even thinking about our show this morning, was watching a movie on um, uh, Custer's Last Stand. And one of the things that uh, the Native American said uh, in the show was that most people don't believe that that everything's alive. And yet, and at the same time, not only do they not believe that everything is alive, the rocks, the sky, the sun, the grass, they don't even believe that they're alive. And I love that wisdom. I mean, that was beautiful wisdom. And, and so everybody... And I think this is one of the first questions you you asked me when we first met. You asked me about my spiritual journey. What was my – tell me about my – you wanted to know about my spiritual journey because everybody has one. So now I get to ask you on the air, <laughs> what's your <laughs> spiritual journey? And tell us about it. I put you on the spot, though. <laughs> Not a so what's your spiritual journey? About it. Well, I have to say my spiritual journey has been a long process, and that's something that I've been going through most of my adult life. I'm happy to say today I'm a member of the Agape International Spiritual Center here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Many Love of you know un- right under the direction of uh, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, and I love Agape because I get my three M's, meditation, music, and message. So um, mm. I, it's been a process for me. I have to say a year and a half ago, I actually took a spiritual vacation. So part of the v- spiritual vacation, I went down and spent a week with Deepak Chopra at his center in Carlsbad. I then went and spent a weekend with Oprah and her um, her uh, conference that she had. And I also, the third piece of that was I went to hear Dr. Wayne Dyer before he passed. And Dr. Mm. Wayne Dyer was one of my favorite, favorite all-time speakers. So I have to say that my spiritual journey has been a long process. It continues to be a process. And what I do is I surround myself with like-minded people. I learn from other people and just every day have a spiritual practice to make sure that I'm staying grounded and connected to the creator you know that's interesting i i have to ask this question because you you're in in charge of a multi-million dollar pension portfolio for city employees of los angeles which is the business world and the question that i get most when i'm being interviewed and i'd love for you to answer this question for me how does that work how do you combine that how how are you in business when you're such a powerful influence in the city of los angeles and and is the spirituality part of who you are or and i'm just going to throw it out there is it like some folks who go to church on sunday and they put on their spiritual coat because they're afraid to be who they are all the time. How does that work for you? I mean, I think the listeners would really like like to uh, learn from that. Well, I don't wear a spiritual coat. I wear spiritual underwear, <laughs> <laughs> which, which means oh, you kill me at all times. <laughs> so, no, uh, thank you for asking that. Oh question. my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Spirituality is part of who I am. And I incorporate into all parts of my life. I came up a few years ago with what I call value-driven leadership because I've been in so many powerful leadership positions. And I realized that if I make decisions 
based on my core values, I'll never make a bad decision for me. Now, this doesn't mean everybody's going to be happy with my decision, but I have to operate from a place of integrity and my values mm. and my spirituality and everything else in my life revolves around that. So the decision I make, decisions I make in the business world all stem from my spirituality and staying grounded and integrity. Mm, I like that. So you are who you are no matter where you go. You got it. I mean, I can't be got I don't it. want to pretend to be somebody else and the reality is each and every one of us is a unique individual. We're all different. So I learned a long time ago it doesn't do you any good to try to be somebody else because that's mm. a no-win game. Just trying to be the best person you can be and I got that years ago from Don Miguel Ruiz and his four agreements. Mm-hmm. Be the best you can be. And so every day I strive to be the best Cynthia I can be, and it works for me because I don't want to be Daniel. I just want to be Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be me. Trust me. <laughs> so so speaking of Don Miguel Reese, Don Miguel is a, a dear personal friend of mine, and you, you, just, um, you just gave his favorite of the four is be the best you can be. That's his favorite. Uh, he often says that when he's out speaking. He and I had the the pleasure of, of speaking uh, around the world together uh, a few years back, and I got a chance to work with him and, and get to know him really, really well. But that's his favorite, be the best you can be. And and I think that if that's his favorite and that's your favorite, then, folks, maybe you should listen in and take heed that that, that doesn't mean be the best Cynthia or be the best Daniel. Uh, we're already taken. So be the best you. So <laughs> right. So right. It's like, hey, you know what? I've always said. I mean, Daniel's a handful. You don't. We don't need another one. <laughs> we don't need another one. Trust me. So, so you said something a few minutes ago about Agape, which, by the way, I love love that spiritual center. If you haven't had a chance to go, and you're in Los Angeles, uh, do yourself a favor and go. He has several services on Sunday that will blow your mind. Um, blow your mind, and you're right. Music, meditation, message. I mean, you get. At all, but there. When you talk about meditation, uh, I, I'd like to kind of get your take on this. What is your definition of the difference between prayer and meditation? Well, what I like to say is prayer is talking to the Creator, and meditation is listening. When I say creator, I, you can use the word God, universal consciousness, divine love. It doesn't matter what you say, but one of it's where you're actually talking, praying, and the other one is listening. And when you're still in meditation, you actually can get messages and and listen. And I have to say, for me, I have gotten messages loud and clear, but you have to be still. You can't be speaking and listening at the same time. So mm. meditation is the time to clear your mind and listen and connect to that universal consciousness, creator, God, whatever term you want to use, making that connection. So that's really what I see as the difference. And I have to say, you know, I use both. I pray sometimes, and I mean, every day, and I also meditate every day. So to me, it's like the both. you need both of them to really have your spiritual practice. Now, folks, I want to make sure I make the distinction here. She said meditate, not medicate. <laughs> 
A lot of people medicate. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You know, it's like, come on, folks. We're not talking about medicating here. We're talking meditating. Make sure we get the, the D in there instead of the T. So, so, right? So, yeah, I mean, hey, we live in a world where, at least in the U.S., you know, we uh, have the biggest prescription drug problem in the world. You know, and we also give more prescriptions of, of controlled substances than, than anything in the world. So I say that jokingly, but I mean it. You know, folks, we're talking about being still. We're talking about, and I think that's the most difficult thing for people to do is to sit still. And and I've often said many, many times that the power of the now is in our ability to be silent Long enough, you know, I, in my first book, Stepping into Greatness, I wrote, it's not a matter of whether God speaks to me or not. It's whether I can hear him or her through the chatter of my own mind. And and that's part of that slowing down. So how does meditation work for you? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about how it's influenced your work life and your life and all the things that you're you're so successful, so I know it's working for you. Share with the listeners how, how that's been so. Well, let me just start off by saying meditation did not come easy to me. It took me mm-hmm. a long, long, long time because I would sit there and all of a sudden my list of things to do would pop into my head. I'd start doing my <laughs> grocery right. list. I mean, I'd start thinking about everything that I had to do because, you know, when you have a lot on your plate, you start, you know, my mind started wondering. So it wasn't until I actually took a class with Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith because I had I had done guided meditations, I had done meditation classes, but something so simple actually shifted my meditation. What he said is when thoughts come into your mind or you hear noises, instead of focusing on that because that just gives it energy, what you do is you acknowledge it and let it float away. For example, you're sitting there and all of a sudden the dogs start, you hear the dogs barking outside. Instead of focusing on that noise of the dogs barking, what you do is, okay, the dogs are barking, and you let it float away. And once you let those thoughts and sounds and everything float away, you don't give it energy. It allows you to focus. So it's been a long process for me, but I have to say meditation has changed my life. And I'll give you an example. The first book that I wrote, Finding Sane Relationships in a Crazy World, I was having a discussion with one of my friends and a guy, one of the male friends, and he said, oh, my God, you have a great perspective on relationships. You should write a book. Well, that had never even occurred to me in my life. So <laughs> that night I went home and meditated on that concept, went to sleep, and when I woke up the next morning, I had the title and the outline for the book. So I said, mm. okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to write this book. But incorporating meditation on a daily basis it has changed my life in so many ways, but it's learning how to get there. And, and what you do is you practice no matter what, and then eventually it'll work for you. But don't get discouraged if it doesn't work right away because, like I said, it took me a long time to figure it out. But once I figured it out, it, I can really get into a deep meditation with very little effort, and it, it's so worth it. So invest in taking the time to learn how to meditate. You know, it's funny. You brought up a Dr. Wayne Dyer um, a few minutes ago, and, and I was one of his students as well. I loved what he had to say. I loved his journey uh, from the very beginning. Uh, but it, one of the things that I used, because you're right, me- meditation even today, I mean, I am – 
the epitome of ADHD, double D, everything, everything you can imagine, just add it in there. I, I'm one of those, right? And so getting getting myself <laughs> getting myself to slow down because I'm like you. As soon as I slow down, the to do list pops up, the everything right. pops up. And, and so at the very beginning, I was really really struggling with that. And and, and I do want to say this, folks, <clears throat> if you can get 60 seconds and learn to do 60 seconds, That's that works. And then you go to 180, and then you go to three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. You know, everyone has this idea in their head that they that they have to sit and be there for 30, 40 minutes, and, and, and really it just takes a, a few minutes of silence. But Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote a book many, many years ago called Getting in the Gap. And that book, if it's still out there, if you haven't ever tried meditation – uh, he wrote this book called Getting in the Gap, and, and on the very back of the book, it's a teeny-weeny book, on the very back of the book is a CD, and he actually walks you through a six-minute meditation using the Lord's Prayer, and it's a very powerful book, and, and I have recommended it to many, many people because they needed to, because the Lord's Prayer is something a lot of people know. Uh, and even if you don't know it, it still helps you get in the gap. And, he, and what he says, and I've, I've repeated this over and over throughout my career, is that the power in music is not the notes that are being hit. The power in music is the gap between the space between one note and the next, when that note stops before the next note picks up. And so that's the premise by which he teaches his meditation uh, is that getting in the gap. And getting in that space, that little space between the notes, that little space between moments, that little space between days that allows you to connect. And he uses something that he, he felt was, was very common uh, for most people, not all people, uh, but it, it's a great uh, tool. So if you're thinking about meditating and want to find a way to do that, then that's one good way to do it. But I do want to say that meditation for me is very important. I, I, if I skip meditation in the morning, and sometimes I do because I feel like I'm too busy, uh, then the rest of my day doesn't go very well. Uh, and it doesn't go well because I didn't start from a space of being in the gap. I didn't start from a space of being silent and allowing whatever it was that needed to be brought to me or spoken to me. And, folks, by the way, not everyone's going to get – the clouds aren't going to part. The angels aren't going to come down, and you're going to get a message. <laughs> not. I just want you to know. Right, right. Yeah, i got to tell them that because everyone's going, oh, I'm going to get a message. No, it's not going to happen. It's a matter of fact, a lot of times the messages that I get – because I did meditate, come throughout the day. Through it could right. be your dog, it could be your your pet, it could be your loved one, it could be your significant other. So meditation is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's alive. Anyway, so I just want to make sure that I say that because I could hear my folks going, "Oh, okay, I, I'm going to sit down and wait for for the angels to drop. You might be there for a while." But another Most great way to native, start is yeah. well, another way, great way to start is Deepak and Oprah have the 21-day meditation. So if you're contemplating meditation and you haven't started it, they have a great online program. So there's so many resources. There's podcasts. You know, just start somewhere and be patient with yourself, but keep going and make it incorporated into your life. Yes, yes. Like I said, start with 60 seconds if you have to and build from there. Whatever works for you, if you can only do 10 seconds, and most people you'll be so, <clears throat> you'll find that, that slowing your mind down uh, takes time. It takes time. Most Native American tribes pray to the four directions, which I'm very aware of. What are the seven directions, the Cherokee directions, and how is that different from what other tribes believe? 
Yes, the power of seven. Well, as you indicated, the four directions um, are pretty common in most Native American tribes. We start off praying to the east and give thanks mm-hmm. for the warm sun and the new coming day, which is the you pray for the power of knowledge. Then you face the south and you give thanks for the gift of life and the moist earth and you pray for the power to grow and you pray for peace in the world. Then you pray then you face the west and you give thanks for the water of life. You pray for purity and strength. You pray for understanding. Then you face the north and you give thanks to the cleansing wind and you pray for wisdom and experience. So all that is pretty common. However, the Cherokees actually had, they were more three-dimensional thinkers, and they added three more directions to pray from. So you also pray to above. So it's like the skies and the universe. You pray to the, the universe itself, and then you pray below. And I like to think that that's Mother Earth to stay grounded and then the other, the last one, seven, is you pray to the center. And that's helping you get an appreciation that you are part of this entire universe and making sure that understanding that you're a part of this gives you a sense of responsibility and making sure that you help keep our planet safe, help keep our planet clean. So it's kind of giving you a perspective that you are a cog in this big wheel of life. So those three, the last I mentioned, the above, below, and center, are, as far as I can see, pretty unique to the Cherokees, but I think they're powerful. It's a mm, great I love that. pray for the four directions, but it's it's also because you understand that you're part of this bigger world that we live in. You get that sense of responsibility that you have that that you play that part and so when you play a role in this universal consciousness it comes with responsibility. So that's why I think the power of seven is so important. Mm. You have a book coming out on Cherokee wisdom. Tell us about that. I do. So um, September 1st, you will be able to get it on Amazon.com. It's called Cherokee Wisdom. (laughs) Cherokee Wisdom, uh, 12 Lessons for Becoming a Powerful Leader. And let me just share with you one of the lessons. Um, So it's all leadership lessons because I believe each and every one of us has the ability to be a leader in our daily lives from being a, a leader at work, being a leader in our family, being a leader in our social circles, whatever it is, we all have the ability to be a leader. So lesson number two, leadership lesson number two, as a leader, strive to keep your integrity and do the right thing in all situations. Now let me say that again. As a leader, strive to keep your integrity and do the right thing in all situations. Now it sounds simple, But if we look around, especially in the U.S. right now, in the middle of all this political storm, and I'm not going to talk politics. but Don't go there. (laughs) I know. I'm not going to go there. But if you look at the leadership, and even the people that are already elected, look at how many people lack integrity. If everybody that was in a leadership position had integrity, we wouldn't have the scandals. We wouldn't have the corruption. We wouldn't have the chaos. So integrity is, in my opinion, such a strong part of being a good leader and being a powerful leader. So I have 11 other lessons, but you're going to have to buy the book and read the book to get the rest of the lessons. 
Oh yeah, well we'll we'll definitely um once I get a copy of the book, I'll I'll um we'll have you back on to talk about that cuz I think I love the fact that you're incorporating you know, the Cherokee wisdom, and, and of course you can't help but bring the Latina thing into it because that's who you are. And I think it's just, you know, uh, for me, the indigenous cultures of the world uh, today, um, whether it be Cherokee uh, or Native American or uh, it is the Incas or the Mayans or any any of those uh, indigenous cultures have so much to teach us. And I think that more and more every day, even when it comes to medicine, we're, we're leaning more toward the, the natural understanding of our universe and the natural understanding of our medicines and the natural understanding of our spirituality. Uh, and, and I love that, which is why I was so eager to have you on the show, because I think that, that we can learn so much from those that have learned from, from their great teachers uh, before them. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I'm pretty easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm pretty easy to find. Well, first of all, you can visit my website, which is my name, Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A, M, like in Mary, Ruiz, R-U-I-Z dot com, Cynthia M. Ruiz dot com. And then I'm all over social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. So I love connecting with people. I love to stay in touch with people. But when you were talking about the indigenous message, I think really what we can learn from um, the ancestors and our native roots is simplicity. Because Mm. that's exactly what Don Miguel Ruiz did with his four agreements and his Toltec. It's all about, we live in such a complicated world and our mind complicates things. So if we really go back to simplicity and back to the basics, if you will, our lives can be much happier, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, this, all this knowledge is already there, so it's about sharing that knowledge, and that's why I'm so appreciative to you for allowing me to share my experiences with your listeners. Oh, we're going to have you back once the the, ne- the next book comes out, because I think that, that the listeners, I, I'm like I said, I'm a big proponent of, of this wisdom, uh, and anytime I can get a chance to share that, I, I appreciate you being on the show. Any last uh, comments before we leave today? Well, I think that one of the things um, I really want to stress is everybody should really strive to have a spiritual practice in their life, whatever that looks like for them, because we're all different. And one of the simple things you can do, and I do this every morning when I wake up, I start off with my gratitude list. What am Mm -hmm. I grateful for today? And sometimes it's the same thing I said yesterday, but that's okay. So when you start with that (laughs) attitude of gratitude, it sets the tone for the rest of the day, and then it opens you up to the law of reciprocity. What you put out is what you get back. And I'm so blessed, but, you know, I'm no exception. These are universal laws that everybody has access to. And, you know, Daniel, you're a very knowledgeable, spiritual person. You have so much knowledge to share. We all can learn from each other. So I just want right. to, again, say thank you so much for this opportunity. I am truly grateful to you and grateful that you're such a wise Latino and sharing your wisdom with everyone. So thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Folks, you want to join us next week where we'll be bringing in uh, my dear friend Hussan Halik from Canada. 
He'll be talking about unleashing the remarkable you. What would it look like if you were able to unleash the remarkable you in every area of your life? And I'm looking forward to having him on the show. I want to thank everybody for being part of our show today and for joining us. And, Cynthia, again, I look forward to having you back on the show when your book comes out, which is only in a couple of months. So in a couple of months we'll have you back, and we'll talk about that new book. Uh, I am your host, Daniel Gutierrez, Go Within or Go Without Radio. We're going to end today with a dear friend of mine's beautiful music. Mark Romero writes uh, writes music that has energy to it, and, and I just want you to just take a few minutes and meditate. It's a two-minute track. As we end here today, take two minutes and be just here in the now. Cynthia, thank you again for being on the show with us. Thank you. 